Hey everybody, welcome to this week's podcast. Before I jump in, just a really quick update on the Patreon Q&As. Um, I took the advice of some of the very awesome Patreons, and each of the Q&As are going to be released publicly a month after they air to Patreons. So people who don't want to be part of the Patreon or can't afford it or whatever um, can still at least listen if they want to, but um, the comments will be disabled on all of the Q&A videos from now on because it really is Patreon-centered and all of the discussions and comments are on the actual Patreon page itself, not the YouTube video. So this Friday, a couple days from now, I'll release the first one that I did since I've been back. Um, and it mostly talks about the uh, equipment I use and suggestions people had. But I, I, I mean, I really enjoy all of these. So uh, that's why the comments are disabled on them. Hopefully it's enough to, uh, a little bit to entice some people to jump in on the Patreon stuff, as well as more giveaways, which will happen at the end of this episode as well. Uh, and there's a few other minor changes, but rather than ramble on about them, I think I'll just include them into the sections of the news where they're relevant. So let's jump right into it. First up, I really enjoyed a follow-up interview with Marcus, the creator of the Open Source Scan Converter. We talked about a whole bunch of different things, uh, projects that he's working on, as well as all the very cool OSSC updates. Um, and the one thing I did forget to ask him is if he was planning on working on any downscalers, because some of the super emotions on eBay are pretty crazy nowadays. These are This one just sold for 630 And just for the record, this was an auction. This was not a scumbag eBayer that like jacked the price up. This was somebody that listed it for a very reasonable price and let people bid on it. So that's just really what they're selling for now, I guess, is over $600 for a Super Emotia. Um, unfortunately, he said it's not in the works. It's not something he plans on making. But should he make a follow-up scaler, he will include, at least consider including downscaling abilities in that future product. So there's still hope, but anybody that was looking to do something like take an Xbox 360 and run 480p into a 240p monitor, the, the choices are very, very limited. Um, and I, I've been talking to a few people about maybe trying to get devices out, but it's not going to be an easy off-the-shelf solution. And certainly for the short term, I don't think there's going to be a, a, a very reasonably priced community-based solution. Um, also, uh, there were some complaints about the audio in the interview. The truth is, there's just, you know, as good as I can get it on my side, there's nothing I can do about Skype compression, uh, talking to somebody on the other side of the planet, or whatever microphone and background noise they have. So I ended up using some noise filters just to try and get the background hiss down. And I guess people were saying it sounded a little bit like Bane from Batman, but... You know, it, you got to take the lesser of two evils, and while I wish I had, you know, an infinite budget to jump on a private jet and interview everybody in person with all the best equipment, i got to make do with what I have. So, um, you know, I, I had no problem understanding him. Uh, hopefully, if you listen with headphones, you'll be able to as well, and uh, I'm sorry for that. There's still a few more tricks up my sleeve on how to improve audio over Skype, so I, I will definitely start trying that next time. Uh, also, about the interviews... I really wasn't sure how I was going to release them. I at first thought, you know, Monday for interviews, Wednesday for the podcast, and Friday for Q&As. But what I really think is that Wednesday will always be podcast day. I really feel like it's good to just have a solid day for that. Um, but I, from now on, I think I'm just going to put out the interviews as soon as I'm done processing them. Because there's going to be situations where there's more than one interview per week which also means there's in situations where there's not an interview some weeks. 
Um, and you know, the, the problem I have a lot with that is as soon as you put up too much content, I get a bunch of complaints from people saying like, oh, do you expect me to listen to like five hours of your crap this week? And then when I miss weeks, it's, you know, oh, what the hell, no interview this week? <laughs> so it's really, you know, just know that I'm not going to bombard people with videos. So if there's a lot one week, just wait until you have time to listen to it. For me personally, I always listen to podcasts and stuff when I'm traveling somewhere. So walking on the subway, you know, driving around, whatever it is. And I just kind of let them queue up and then I listen to them as they come. So, uh, but, so I guess that was an update on the interview with Marcus, an update on how I'm going to be releasing videos and some more ramblings in there. So, uh, you know, let me know your thoughts, but hopefully... Um, you know, this will start to continue and I could do a lot more of these interviews because there's a lot of very cool people out there that I really want to introduce to everybody that I think you'll be very excited about their products and the things they're working on. I recently did a few live streams that showcased Woozle's Game Boy Advance HDMI kit, and I think this is something I'm going to be doing a lot more of because I kind of put myself into a box for a while and said, okay, well, I can't show anything until the review is done and I want to make sure everything is good as possible and... I think for something like this, I get to show the testing side of things. I get to show off products as I'm testing, as kind of like a sneak peek, if you will. And I get to do things like chat with friends. I mean, I know Scott and I wanted to do a few more podcasts, but we couldn't figure out the best place to put them in. And I think stuff like this is perfect. You know, we could just talk about whatever we were going to talk about anyway while showing off products. So I'm going to be doing a lot more of these in the future. When I say a lot more, I'm not going to be putting out a million videos a week, but I'm sure it's still enough that some people are going to get annoyed. So please, if these live streams bother you, just ignore them. You know, uh, I normally would be telling people always click the bell so you know when I have new content, but if these notifications piss you off, just you know, know that you'll always have a Wednesday podcast, you know, by mid-morning Eastern Standard Time, and then just go back and check out the other stuff when you have time to. Uh, I would prefer, of course, that everybody clicks the bell, subscribes, likes, shares, and all that happy horse shit, but, you know, uh, I just wanted to give everybody fair warning, because I just feel like these Let's Plays are just a, a great way to hang out with friends on the internet, hang out with friends in person, and test some new equipment, and I hope to have a few new products I could do this with while I'm waiting to move and before I get my full setup done so I can actually do a formal review. Uh, but I just think being able to share the products and getting the info out there and demoing stuff to people is really just a very cool way to, to share this stuff. Plus, I mean, I'm going to be doing this anyway, so it's uh, just more of a chance to hang out with you guys online. So I guess the bottom line, and this is the last thing I'll talk about that's my channel related, um, the bottom line is I could do a poll... I could ask people in the comments, but all that's really going to matter is views. So if I do you know, a bunch more of these in the next couple of months and I get no views on them, then I'll know that you guys don't really care for the most part, which is fine, by the way. No problem at all. Uh, but if you keep watching, I'll keep doing them. So, uh, you know, thanks very much to everybody's support. And of course, thanks to everybody who jumps on and participates and hangs out in the chat because it really does feel like I'm out hanging out with friends. There's a, a bunch of usuals that show up that are always great. And, uh, you know, all the new people I see every time. And I really look forward to doing the next one. So, all right, done with channel rambling. Now just sticking to news. Darksoft just released a new update for his MVS ROM cart, and this one fixes glitches on 4 and 6 slot MVS units. Uh, you can get it right from the download links, which I'll post below. And so far, it looks like this is now becoming a pretty stable and solid product, which is exactly what I expected. 
Um, I guess there's still an AES version being planned for a few months from now, and of course more updates and and different features to be added in the future. So congrats to that team for getting out a pretty good product. Uh, There's now two running, I believe, at iFix Arcade in Brooklyn, so anybody in the neighborhood definitely check those out. And, uh, you know, just congrats to the team for doing good work. Every few months I see the debate over the Nest Stereo Mod come up, and every time there's always a lot of misconceptions about what it actually does and what the purpose is. So I just wanted to quickly mention once again, uh, I put up a video a while back showing the stereo comparison, and I worded it wrong, and I, you know you can't really go back because that's embedded in the video, but what I really meant to say was the fake stereo mod, the audio separation mod, because it's not true stereo. The NES actually creates its audio uh, and outputs to two different channels, which are not left and right, it's just two types of audio that are then blended into mono. Now, I'm obviously oversimplifying, so all the devs are probably rolling their eyes, but um, this mod just takes those and separates them. So in the video that I had, you could hear it in uh, complete separation, 100% on each side. And to be honest, I don't like that at all. Um, I I do really like 50% blend. So it's, you know, imagine two dials and they're each turned halfway in the other direction. I feel like that adds a depth effect that for a lot of games is very cool. Some not so much, some you just get a constant beeping in one ear and I put it back to mono. But I really enjoy having the choice and I think that's the thing that I've always fought for. And I see so many people online and on the forums going, it's fake stereo, there's no such thing, it sucks, why would anybody do that, you're stupid. And the truth is, the correct answer is, this just gives you another choice on how to possibly listen to your games. Some people like it, some people don't. And I respect all those opinions. I've seen a ton of people say, hey, I tried the mod and it's just not for me. Totally cool. I'm not talking down to any of those people. It's just the ones that jump on the Ness isn't real stereo, you shouldn't do it. Uh, The only issue I've had doing this mod is when you try to mix the Famicom expansion audio in. I don't want to ramble too much, but it basically changes the impedance when you're going through potentiometers. So the best possible way to do it would be to create a digital audio amp where all three channels go in and get blended there. Um, I don't have the ability to do that, though. Um, I'm, I've never worked on that in-depth of an audio project. I've only done the, the testing and the post phase. So I, otherwise, I would love to try and help. But for anybody that wants, uh, wants just the basic mod on a NES that doesn't include Famicom expansion audio, there's a couple of tutorials everywhere. It's very easy to do. Um, for anybody that's looking for a non-hacked solution, if you have a high-def NES or an analog NT-mini, um, yeah, the NT-mini, uh, Kevtra solutions can just separate the audio channels right in the mixer, including Famicom expansion audio, which I usually keep... Uh, I usually just separate each one a little bit when using the Kevtra solutions. But it's really just a matter of preference. So maybe someday somebody will come up with the audio amp for it. Until then, you could use the Kevtra solutions or just uh, the basic analog separation. But overall, I just want to make sure to... I'm trying to help the stigma of it's fake and it's bullshit. Like, it's not about creating a fake stereo signal. It's just about some people like the experience of adding a tiny bit of fake depth to their games in the audio channels, but I would just definitely say try it before you knock it. There was a discussion on Atari Age that I thought was worth bringing up. It looks like Hyperkin offered to put people's homebrewed 2600 games on their upcoming Retron 77, but just asked that they sign a legal document saying that they have the rights to use it. The legal document, and I am not a lawyer, I don't understand a lot of this stuff, but I very much interpreted it as 
uh, we're going to have the rights, 100% of the rights to this, and you've lost all rights to the game when you give it to us. Uh, you know, it's probably not what they meant, um, and Hyperkin really seems like they've been trying to be more community-focused. And we could all imagine a scenario where a bunch of devs are like, hey, isn't it awesome if we get a bunch of homebrew games on here from the community? And the legal team steps in and goes, not without this, you know? Like, we, we could all see where that comes from. But it does appear that this was just a genuine attempt to bring the community in that was misinterpreted. Andrew from Hyperkin said, you know, no need to overreact, it's just a draft from our lawyers. I mean, Andrew, you could have just said, hey, this is a draft from our lawyers, what do you think? Is this something you'd like to sign? Is this okay? But whatever. Uh, I just, I felt like bringing this up because anytime you have any kind of arts or entertainment or, or anything that's not ones and zeros... People just swoop in and try to take advantage of you in every stretch that they possibly can. And I lived this with, uh, with the band a lot, with all the bands I was ever in. Um, a little bit with the, the website, but mostly the band and the YouTube channel, where it's always the same scam. They try to get you to sign away the rights to something, and then they get full control over it, and you get nothing. All with the promise of, well, look at all the exposure you'll get. So I don't feel like this is that. Uh, my gut kind of tells me it's just uh, nerds and legal teams not communicating properly. No offense, I've been there myself a million times. But I just wanted to put this out uh, as a, a nerd-to-nerd PSA. Just, if you're in a situation like this, it's, in my opinion, worth the few hundred bucks to get a lawyer that you trust to look over the contract. Because, I mean, yeah, it sucks if you end up spending two or three hundred bucks on a lawyer just to have them look at it and go, yeah, this is fine. But the other side of that is, what if you had a really cool idea that, you know, hobby, even a hobby idea that might have only made you a thousand bucks, now you've lost it. So just, uh, you know, a nerd-to-nerd PSA, be careful with the things that you create because uh, people will always try to take advantage of it. And while I don't think Hyperkin was trying to this time, I'm sure there's somebody else out there right now trying to do the same thing. So be careful. Artings.com, ratings.com, artings, ertings. Yeah, and add another thing that I can never probably pronounce properly. Um, They just put up a video on a new lag testing box that they created, which I think is very cool. Um, Lag is obviously something that's one of the most important things I look for when I'm buying a new flat screen TV. And um, they kind of show how they use their tool and how it works. And I I think it's pretty cool. I think the more things like this we can get, the better. Um, The OSSC has a built-in lag tester now. I've been using a few different methods over the years, and I'm starting to do a little more of the slow-motion camera. I got a 1,000 frames per second point-and-shoot that can, uh, that's been doing some cool testing. So I just wanted to share the video because it's neat, and um, I'll be doing a lot more lag test stuff in the future. The Terra Onion team has started the replacement program for the version 1 SSD S3 boards. This only affects boards sold between January 10th and January 19th, but still they're offering to do a full replacement. Uh, The stipulations are you have to take the board out and send it back to them, and you pay for shipping. They'll pay for shipping back, and uh, of course, if anything happens in transit, it's not up to them, which that's fair for any company at all. And uh, this has to be done before July 25th of this year. So overall, um, you know, and they also made a point to say they tried to fill as many orders as they could because they were a little overwhelmed, and that's why there's a delay to get back and replace these, which I guess that's totally fine. Some people might be wondering about that board Voltar teased on Twitter a few months ago that actually fixes the video output, and I spoke to him, and that's just really not a viable option. It's one of those hacks that really involve doing a lot of work 
and it's not something that is really worth it to most people. Uh, you know, it's not a lot of boards that were sent out, and out of the people that own them, how many would really be able to do a high-level mod like that? Maybe all, I don't know, but, you know, anybody that's ever followed Voltar's channel or seen him in the interviews, it's pretty obvious that he's one of those people that doesn't want to release something at all, even for free open source, until it's as good as he could possibly make it. So he doesn't feel like it's a good enough solution for people, um, especially when there's other things that you would have to do to the board to fix it, where you, you could just send it back to the original company and have them fix it for you. I do have to remind everybody, though, that even their version 2 board is a little bit flawed. It's not nearly as bad as the first one, but it's still not good. And Terra Onion themselves have even posted to say, We already said that we're not going to do anything else with RGB output, even if the device could have it as extra. The reason? Quality can't be measured. There's always someone that will say it's not enough. Quality can't be measured is like saying you can't measure water. Yeah! There's very specific devices and tolerances on how you measure video signals. This isn't an opinion. This isn't like, oh, I like more bass in my music than or more treble. This is a very finite thing. Uh, and, you know, every time I stand up to these guys, I have all of their minions just absolutely destroy me online. And I'm never going to stop standing up to people who I feel like are bullying or taking advantage of. So go right ahead and flame me again, but... Once again, you have a company that bans their customers for asking questions. Those same customers that they banned warned them of the problems with version 1 before they were even released. And rather than saying, oh man, you know, we're actually ROM cart makers that tried to throw in a video circuit, maybe we're wrong, they banned people. And then they started the lies thing, which that drives me insane, because you could have a ton of negative opinions about me that are all true, but one thing I have never been is a liar, and it bothers me to death. And they've done things to a lot of people where they'll email one thing and post something else publicly, which is a gray area, because who do you believe? But then they got to the point where they were probably just getting frustrated with things, and they would post on one public forum one thing, and on another public forum another thing. So their lies were right out in the open. And now at this point, they're actually just posting on their own Twitter feed that uh, they're not going to be fixing it at all anymore. It's just, it is what it is and whatever. So I will never support this company again. Um, maybe they have a good ROM cart. That, I mean, that I certainly wouldn't dispute. But the way they treat their customers is absolutely terrifying and I can't believe that people would be willing to drop 300 bucks on this and I feel like maybe the reason that people shit on me so bad for standing up to them was because some of the other people I've stood up to you had alternatives to their products it was okay to be mad because you could still get the thing that you wanted and this is a product that I would love if it was built properly so I think maybe that's a big part of it maybe people are pissed because they didn't want me to rain on their parade because they really wanted one of these but I'm never going to stop. So flame me all you want. Uh, to, you know, tell them, spread more lies and tell people more stupid shit about me. The fact is that anybody that buys this right now has to understand that they're buying what seems to be a very good quality ROM car and optical drive emulator. Probably some room for improvement, but what product on the planet doesn't have room for improvement? But you're not, you really shouldn't think that you're getting a high-end video signal. And if you're looking for a no-mod option, you can't use this and then the DB graphics booster. You have to do an RGB mod on the inside if you're looking to do this and high, the highest quality video output. 
So choose wisely. Uh, it's too bad they're only available through them because at least with the their Neo SD ROM cart, you could buy through Stone Age Gamer and never have to deal with them at all. You buy through them. If there's any problems, you go through Stone Age Gamer. Um, that's why the links on my ROM cart page are all to Stone Age Gamer and never to these guys. Uh, so hopefully they'll be able to sell these through reseller, resellers. So anybody that has problems with it don't have to worry about getting banned from forums for asking about it. But just be very careful when you're buying these products. And you can get as mad at me as you want. But if you just go back and you read any of those forum posts on how they treated people who both warned them about the problem, then said, hey, the problem's confirmed, and then tried to help after the fact you still end up with a story that shows a bunch of complete dirtbags taking money from the community and then lying to their faces about it. So get as mad as you want, but that is not an incorrect. There's a small but neat hack for Super Metroid that was just released that unlocks the Turian doors. So anybody that's played through to the end, you know, no, no spoilers here or anything, but when you get to Turian, the doors lock and you can't go back to the rest of the world. So it's just kind of neat for me because there were so many times that I, you know, when I had first played the game or I'd forgot in later years where I was just like, oh yeah, I'll go back and check out other stuff later. You know, I'll go back and look at this part or whatever. And then I get to Turian and I can't go back. So in later years, I've always copied the save game, which you could do on original carts. Uh, but now you could just, if you're using a ROM or if you have a, a cart dumper, you could actually dump your original save game unlock the doors to Turian, and then go back and explore. So, small but awesome little ROM hack, and just, you know, one of the millions of reasons why I love ROM carts and all the different things you could do with hacking. The five-port SCART switch called the Mini Hydra is just available for pre-order for about 112 US dollars plus shipping. I'm really interested to test it to see if it's a different product altogether or if it's just a five-port version of the eight-port switch from the same manufacturer. And the only question I really have about it is where does it fall as far as price point goes? Because for less than half the price, you can get a six-port otaku switch that has both RCA and SCART inputs, but it might not be as high a quality. Now, that being said, I did have limited testing with the otaku switch, and when using good cables and running on C-Sync, I didn't have any issues with it at all. It's still limited testing, so maybe there's a difference there. And then, of course, you have the higher-end solutions like the G-SCART switch or the 16-port Hydra. So I'm not really sure where this is going to fall in terms of price point. But uh, as always, I would just recommend checking out all the options and seeing what, uh, what is the best solution for you overall. BU is reviving the BeastNest emulator to be focused on performance and simplicity. I guess the focus on the past few years has been on Hygen, which is pretty much aiming to be the most accurate and perfect Super Nintendo emulator out there, and in my opinion, pretty much achieved that. So now the focus is just on a basic, sim simple version of it that you just click to open a game and uh, not so much of a focus on accuracy and just a great playable emulator. Uh, I would love to get BU on to talk more about it, so uh, if you're watching, this is always an open invitation. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this stuff, and for anybody that doesn't know, BU's work has been absolutely tremendous in a lot of the Super Nintendo stuff that's happened over the years, as well as other things. I just think the, uh, the claim to fame is the SNES stuff, so uh, just a member of the community that's definitely created a lot for us, so just to see more projects come up is pretty cool. So thanks to BU, and uh, hopefully I'll get you on here someday. HD Retrovision's PlayStation 2 and 3 component video cables are now available for purchase. 
This is not the RGB to component converters. This is just the straight up component video cables that will absolutely be a huge performance upgrade over any of those $5 junkie cables you may have purchased over the years. So if you were looking for high-end component cables, now you have another choice, and I think very few choices out there because most of the ones you see online are pretty crappy. The person working on the new 3DS Virtual Boy emulator has just opened up a project page with tons of information and other news posted on here. So if you're looking to follow this project, uh, check out the Patreon and this page. And I think the goal of having a full speed Virtual Boy emulator on the 3DS would be pretty awesome because I just think that's the perfect platform for it. And I'm shocked Nintendo hasn't released some games that way. Extremis has just updated the GC Forever Wiki with information on his Game Boy interface software. And there's just a ton of great info on here. Um, there's descriptions of the different editions, change logs, uh, download links. I mean, it's, it was probably a huge undertaking to do all this, but in my opinion, it was really worth it because people just getting into this now and have, who haven't been following it from the beginning, it might be a little overwhelming trying to jump in and figure out what to do and which, uh, which versions might be best. So having the wiki is awesome. Thank you very much to Extremis for taking the time to do that. And there's also been two more updates to the software as well. Uh, one of them fixed the Rumble protocol handshake and changed the default aspect ratio for progressive scan to 16 by 9, which is probably a good move because the average person using this in 480p would probably be using it on a flat screen. But you could always change it back if you have a 480p BVM or something. Um, and also, uh, for the high fidelity edition, he changed the default chroma location to center and removed some presets. So just a massive thank you to him for, for pretty much giving us all of this free software and to continue to put some pretty amazing updates to it. So thanks to Extrems and uh, definitely worth checking out. And in fact, I've said for a while now, if you have a GameCube and a Game Boy player, there's no reason to even use the original disc anymore. This is just light years better on every level. So definitely check it out. There's a new randomizer that's kind of interesting and I thought worth mentioning that mashes A Link to the Past and Super Metroid together and then randomizes part of the games. So you could essentially jump out of one game and into another uh, and it's still in beta so there's still some crashes to it but it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting take on two of the best Super Nintendo games ever. So I'm not sure if it's something I would use more than just to mess around with. Some people love the randomizers other people are just frustrated because sometimes they're unbeatable. Uh, and there's a million features and everything. So please don't let me discourage you from trying them. Definitely check it out if you're interested. And I just, if anything else, even to spend a few minutes going through Link to the Past and then jumping into a Super Metroid level would be kind of neat. So probably worth trying out for anybody with the ability to play SNES ROM hacks. NVIDIA has announced that the first G-Sync HDR 4K monitor is now on sale and it costs $2,000. So this is the one I talked about a while back when it was first announced at CES that supposedly zero lag. And all this made me think of is how much more relevant the Zsworks kit is going to be as soon as it's uh, released again. Because it's going to be half the price for a monitor that should probably compare to this one. So I'm going to stay in touch with Zs and hopefully keep everybody updated. And I really badly want to try out his stuff because while I'm happy that there's finally a, a mainstream focus on zero to close to zero lag gaming monitors, um, we need more. So hopefully people like Zs would fly the flag and, and make some of these awesome products for us. Someone just posted a video about a kit they built which plays vector graphics games using a laser projector. 
And I think this is absolutely killer. Um, I, I would love to see this thing in person. And I mean, I, I just said last week, I believe that, you know, you can almost never experience vector games without playing it on a real vector monitor. But just based on how this looks on YouTube, it looks pretty close. So I'd love to see this in person. I just thought it was worth sharing. And thanks to Label Me Justin for passing the video along. Voltar just posted a video on his Twitter feed about his 16-bitter project, which, to oversimplify, is basically an adapter that you could use when making SNES repros so that you could buy cheaper memory that's available today rather than hunting down some of the more expensive ones that people were using in ROM hacks. So essentially, for a fraction of the cost, you could make your own ROM hack um, that performs exactly the same as it would have if you used the more expensive method. So I think he's going to be releasing more info on this soon. Um, I don't want to spoil anything that he's going to announce, so I'll leave the rest up to him. But I just wanted to help promote the project because stuff like this is awesome. Uh, you know, anytime you could have a cleaner and better way of making repros that also saves money, I mean, it's kind of a win-win. Now on to this week's Patreon giveaway. This will be the last of the makeup for my screw-up giveaways, and now we're just going to go back to the normal once a month. Um, I'll announce them on the last podcast of the month and then give it away the first week of the next month. Um, and, you know, maybe I'll be able to continue to do more than just one a month, but for now that's the one to count on, and hopefully I'll have some really cool stuff to give away. Uh, for now, this is certainly not the greatest giveaway, but it's one that I like and one that I've definitely been using. A new 8-bit do SNES 30 wireless Bluetooth controller. Um, this is the one that, you know, obviously I have mixed reviews about and mixed opinions because um, this is a very cool controller, but I'm one of those cranky old men that really mostly prefers the originals. But overall, I mean, it feels exactly like a SNES controller. It's weighted properly. Um, and some people have actually said that they replace sometimes the D-pad or the rubber pad underneath to, to make it perform a little closer to the original. But it's been hit or miss. Um, this is a new one. I've tried a couple of these that worked perfect, some that didn't. So hopefully that this one will uh, will work well for you. Uh, overall, at the very least, if you need a Bluetooth controller, this is excellent because it's the same feel as a Super Nintendo one. Uh, but, you know, you could use it on all modern devices. And um, I believe you could just pick up a, the retro receiver, it's called, for either the Nintendo or Super Nintendo and be able to use this right along with it. So uh, post down below in uh, the Patreon page, not on this video, and I will tally up next week and draw the winner. And then next month we'll go back to normal giveaways, and I think I'm going to have something pretty cool to give away for the first one that I hope people would be excited about. I'm at least excited to give it away. So thank you so much to the amazing Patreons that support the channel. There's no way I could do this without you. And uh, I'm really just going to continue to try to show my appreciation with whatever giveaways I can get. Uh, sometimes it'll be better than others, but hopefully somebody would still want one of these. And there's absolutely a use for it. Even if you don't use it with your Super Nintendo, uh, there's still many things that you could use this controller with. So hopefully somebody enjoys it, and uh, I'll be back next month with the regular ones. Well, that's it for this week. Hopefully the additions and minor changes to the channel are cool with everybody. Um, there's going to be a few more changes coming, but one of the things that will not change is this podcast. 
still going to be once a week, still Wednesday for the foreseeable future, and I'm still just going to work my butt off to get as much retro content in here as possible. So, uh, you know, at the very least, if you're a fan of just this, that's not going to change at all. But thank you so much to everybody for your support. Um, it's really fun to be back, and uh, everybody that participates, especially the live streams and all the people that are in the time zones where they're able to jump on and everything. It's just so much fun. So thank you so much to everybody. Uh, it's fun to be back, and I'll see you next week.